As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Work Hard, Play Hard podcast. My name is Rob Murgatroyd, and I am a former doctor turned lifestyle entrepreneur. Each week, I interview some of the best minds on the planet on the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment. Today's episode is a mini-sode that we call Fried Dates with the Wife. In these mini-sodes, my wife Kim and I deconstruct the strategies that we've developed over the last decade to not only grow personally, but to turn our struggles into lessons and create fulfillment in all areas of our lives. Excuses are over. It's time to live. Let's dig into today's topic. All right, before we jump into this episode, I want to invite you to be considered for my Work Hard, Play Hard Mastermind by completing an application at workhardplayhardmastermind.com. So this mastermind is not like any mastermind you may have been to or heard of, I promise you. This mastermind is for six to seven figure entrepreneurs that are working too damn much and aren't taking the time to have amazing experiences around the world with an incredible tribe of people. So every hundred days or so, I drop you into new experiences that are specifically designed to elevate your thinking, to give you new ideas. Look, you get your best ideas not staring at a computer. And actually, this is the way high-level people really collaborate with each other. They do it over a glass of champagne, watching the sunset in the south of France. So if you are ready to do some fun stuff around the world and really, really want to level up your tribe in one shot, fill out an application at workhardplayhardmastermind.com. We'll jump on a call and we'll see if it's a good fit. All right, let's jump into today's episode. Well, Kimberly, lover of variety in all areas of life, especially Boom Boom. Oh my God. What? Why do you need to do that? Because there are people who are listening to this show that have sex, okay? <laughs> oh my God. And when they have sex, explain to me your, so I, oh, I'm wait, a- Wait, wait, no, this no, just on, took on, a whole on, on, turn I wasn't ready on, for. Hold on, I am a creature of habits, no okay? Kidding. I like- Consistency. You know, consistently. Consistency and consistently. Okay. <laughs> of course, it's only seven seconds for me, but that's another conversation. <laughs> I want I want to know that this is this is how we're going to do it. This is when we're going to do it. You want it on the checklist. I want it on the checklist. But but you you you're like no no I need more I need more variety I need more variety so explain to me what's going on with you what's happening why do you need this level of variety I'm a simple girl I just want 
you know, this is, this is how we do it. But, but you, you gotta, you got a whole different thing here. What, what the hell is going on with you? What color is my face right now? <laughs> it's, it's a shade of mauve. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. So not what we're talking about today. Oh, but it is. <laughs> oh, but it is. It isn't. I like, listen, I'm an Aquarius. You're not going to, I'm uh, going to fly through the air. I like variety. I like things that are not consistent. <laughs> I like... I don't know. I, I, I like variety. You like, else, to change, you like to change it up. I, I like to change it up. I like to not know how things are happening all the time. Listen, you know this about me. I Nothing gets me more excited, and I don't mean in that way, mm-hmm. than finding a new shortcut. Like I thrive on finding new ways to get to a location. Like I do this when I go to like chorology class, I, I will take different roads. So are there new ways that you need to get to my location? Is that what's no, happening here? I just like to, I like variety in all areas of life. That's okay. It. In every, in every area. Every. Because it's the spice of life. Of life. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to let you off the hook here, Thank you. but I wanted to make you a little red for, for a second because- Tony, I appreciate that. Tony Robbins has uh, the six human needs, which we don't need to go into here, but there are two of them, when you're in a relationship with somebody, there are two of them that can be very juxtaposed. Juxtaposed? Juxt- yeah, I don't, juxtaposed. I don't think it's juxtaposed. I, I think it's juxtaposed. You're basically saying they're they're the opposite. Yeah, they're, they're sort of in, I want to say they're like in conflict with each other or they're reciprocal in some way, but basically- I am a guy that loves certainty, right? I, I, I want to know, like my friend Lori Harder asked me once, you know, do you wait for the magic to happen? And my answer was, if I know it's going to be at 830, yes. <laughs> and so she laughed. And so that that is that is my, you know, that's my level of spontaneity, right? I have a checklist for a checklist for a checklist and I need to know everything that's going on. So for whatever the reasons in my past or in my DNA or in this lifetime that I'm in, I want things to be certain. Kim does not. Kim, and by the way, with certainty, if you know Tony's needs, there's a flip side to it, which is uncertainty. Kim very comfortably and easily steps into uncertainty and steps into another one of those human needs, which is variety. I don't want any variety. <laughs> I don't want to like I on on Sunday I watch CBS Sunday Morning at eleven fifteen and I'm doing it thirty two years. Okay, like literally doing it for thirty years. I never have missed it. Okay, except that one time I deleted it on TiVo. On TiVo when okay. we first started dating in two thousand and three. Okay, so that, it was that will translate to me into romance into boom, boom. Okay. This is, this is what we do. What, you put it like the checklist. We, yeah, it's we, this it's is, Tuesday. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Right. This is how we do it. But, but Kim's like, no, no, this is, we need some variety, honey. You need a little variety. I'm like so, variety. I don't want uncertainty. Okay, I don't let's want talk variety. About this. Okay. So this now has become what we're talking about in the podcast. So certainty, uncertainty, variety, all of these things. You have to have both, okay? Here's what I want to be certain. I wanna be certain that there's a roof over my head. I wanna be certain that you are by my side. I wanna be certain that I can feed my child. I have 
I have basic certainty survival needs. Those are things that I need to be certain of. I need the love of my life. I need my kids. I need a home. I don't care about the home that much. Like that can change, but I need a I need a roof, right? I'm not camping. I'm not I'm not I'm not so like uncertain and need variety that I'm going on survivor anytime soon. But what I do like is I like to go to different restaurants all the time. I would I actually can't wait to go to Italy because I know that you're not going to watch CBS Sunday morning on Sunday. Why? It's a great show. You're not you do different things there. I like you better there. When on Sundays there, we're out, we're walking around town, we're listening to the church bells, we're doing we're doing outdoor things in when you come into the United States of America, your ass is on a couch, I'm making brunch, we're drinking champagne, and we're watching CBS Sunday Morning followed by 900 shows in Italian. And like that's Sunday for 15 years. And But I, I like the variety. So when we sold the chiropractic office, which by the way, you want to really mess up a certainty junkie, take his income for 25 years away from him <laughs> and say... You're on your own. Uh, like when I came home and I was like, we're selling the clinic, we have to do this. And we went through our decision-making process and everything and decided to do that. I was so proud of you because you stepped into massive amount of uncertainty and you did it beautifully. Honestly, you did it beautifully. Fast forward from that six months and I put you in a itty bitty country called Montenegro in a house in the woods, basically up 150 stairs where, you know, you had to put your luggage on a, on a thing. And there, like there was zero certainty on that trip and you rolled with it and you grew. And so there are things that I thrive in uncertainty. I like getting lost. Like I love to get lost because if I, if you get me lost, I can find my way out. You know, if you get me lost, I can figure it out. And that excites me. But I need the balance of you creating the certainty in the other areas. Otherwise, I would probably freak out and and <laughs> live on the street. Okay. So this is such a great conversation because this is the difference. When you step into variety and uncertainty, I could see it in your body. Oh my God. I could see it in your eyes that you wake up and you're alive. Okay. So the certainty for me, the predictability and the certainty gives me security, gives me predictability, gives me certainty, but it, I'm not awake. I'm yeah. not alive. I am robotic almost in a way going through it. Whenever you have forced me into variety and out of certainty and into uncertainty, I'm always more present. I'm always more alive. Because <laughs> you're in fear, but Be, yeah. Well, yeah, because- <laughs> All I'm, your senses are on heightened that's alert. That's right, that's yeah. right. I, I'm, I'm literally like our, our hypermobile dog right now, who, <laughs> Gia, who uh, Sophia just actually fell on top of and splatted her like a cartoon. <laughs> imagine both, or, imagine two of her legs on the right and two, two of her legs on the left just went out and completely went flat. So now she walks around like Bambi on ice. She looks like a helicopter trying Perfect. to like get up on a, on a wooden floor. It's not, it's, but so I'm like, I'm that's like her- That's what you look like. Where I'm like spinning all you're around Bambi like on Bambi on ice because I'm so present. So what you're seeing in Italy 
is you're seeing me with an assault on my senses that are coming from the unknown. I don't know the language. I don't know that, that I don't understand. These are new church bells that are ringing. This, this waitress who's bringing the food, I'm having a little bit of trouble communicating with. We, I, she's not American, so I don't have that American connection where like I like my subconscious is like, I get you. I, you're, this is a part-time job for you. I get it. The other one is like a 67-year-old guy who's a proud waiter. And I'm, I'm like, oh God, he's like, well, I wonder about this guy. Like, like how long has he, has he been doing this for nine, like 60 years? Like, so everything is I'm on heightened alert where my pupils are dilated and I'm looking at every sense and smell and thing. And it makes me alive and steps me into variety and uncertainty. Now, I would not do that if it wasn't for you. I wouldn't. I I would stay in my bubble. Okay, so when we first got together... Yeah. Rob's like, yeah, I love to travel. And you're, he, we were, you know, making sure that each other enjoyed the things that we enjoy. And I love travel. So when I was a kid, I, um, when I was in eighth grade, I went to Russia for a month with a student ambassador program. I traveled to Greece, Italy, uh, Sweden, Finland. Like I, I traveled. I love that. And I met Rob and Rob's like, yeah, I love to travel. And he's like, I, I've been to Italy. I love Italy. I love Paris. And right now, right now, basically, he at that time he was doing New York, LA, Miami, New York, LA, I'm Miami every other week. New York, LA, Miami. Certainty, he, predictability. He did this routine, and so when I came into his life, he's like, okay, this week is Miami. Okay, next week is New York. Okay, next week. And after we did that circuit a couple of times, I was like, okay, can we just stop for a second? And what if we didn't do that? And we took all the money that's being spent doing these three things that like you've literally done a hundred times this month or this year. And we did something weird, like go to Brazil. His face, the panic. I still remember you were like, but, but, but where would we even stay? <laughs> what what do you, would you even do? What do you do there? Do you, there, do there, there? Is, there? there? is there something there? Like, what do you... And like, he couldn't function because he didn't know the restaurant to go to or the hotel to stay at. And, you know, and I'm lit up because I'm like, we'll just figure it out. And that's what we'll do. But together we make one, we joke and say together we make one person, but we really do because I lean into uncertainty and you dial me back. So I'm not a nomad, you know, like I would literally just pack everything up and be nomadic forever if you didn't tie me, pull me back just a little bit and create some consistency. There's also the other side of this, right? Where when you're constantly in that state of high alert, that's tiring, <laughs> okay? Oh, yeah. And you need that sense of certainty somewhere. And I think that I'd burn out if you didn't rein me in on the uncertainty, you know? And then vice versa, I bring you out like a like a flower. I, I allow you to blossom. Right, and then is, you can go back into your little man cave. 
this is an appropriate place to bring in what we actually wanted to talk about. I just wanted to make your face red with sex. No, uh, but this was actually a really good conversation about it. All right. So what we want to talk about, you just mentioned like, you know, digital nomad-y kind of thing, right? So which we are not. I'm way too old to be a digital nomad. You got to be 20 living in Bali. You know what I mean? In a backpack. In a backpack and a sarong, a (laughs) a girlfriend with a sarong. You know what I mean? Um, Wait a minute. Are you wearing the sarong? I, I think actually probably if I was 20 and in Bali, I think I would be hanging out with guys that wore sarongs. You I would, really you do. You would be in a sarong. I, and with a man bun, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so I got, I've been getting asked this really interesting question from three different friends. And they range in, they range in income backgrounds. They range in states that they live in. And they range in the kind of work that they do. Age. Age, but they've all asked me this question. And when the first person asked it, I was like, oh, that's weird. And then the second one and the third one, and I realized that this is a thing. Here's the question that they asked when they found out that we were moving to Florence, Italy. When you're in a place, this was the the tone of all three questions. So I'll combine it together just for the sake of clarity. When you're in a place like Florence, Italy, where you're surrounded by the world's best art and best wine and best food and, and, and people and blah, blah, blah won't you lose your motivation and drive to make money is essentially what they were saying. And I remember being really perplexed by the question. And I was like, well, what do you, what do you mean? They're like, well, if I live there, I would be out wanting to enjoy it and not working. And I'm like looking at them like, like what they're the f- a like zoo the, animal. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, why would you not go to a place? And then I realized that they are so protective of their entrepreneurial drive that the decisions that they make about where they're going to live needs to be, and this was like direct quotes from two of them. I del- Well, one of them particularly. And one and a half, really, one and a half. One actually said it, the other one implied it. I deliberately want to live in an environment that the only thing I can do is work because I know me. And if I'm in a place with beautiful weather and beautiful food and, and beautiful people, I'm going to be want, I'm going to want to be out in it and my business will crash because I won't be working on it. And I thought, wow, that's so sad. Interesting <laughs> that. There's so much baked into that sentiment or that idea that, you know, it it makes me think and say, okay, well, if I took those three people and I put them in that place and they did slow down and they did not make work that absolute pinnacle priority, the downside would be that they would live a life that they love and they would find a way to make money to support the life that they love. And maybe they'd make less. But that's it. But they'd live more. Yeah, because they're not, they're they're entrepreneurs. You're not gonna take an entrepreneur who's building a crazy successful company or has this incredible drive and put them in a beautiful place and that drive to be completely evaporate. It's not gonna happen. No, in fact, it will get in, reignited and inspired and it won't be a grind anymore. They will find a way to have both. And that is what, like we were there for four months. We worked. I mean, we didn't work as much as we work here, which is part of what 
I think we're craving going there is that is life, is more life. Look, you know, my my company, my network marketing company lost a one of our leaders unexpectedly, right? Uh, the other day. And this person passed away just completely unexpectedly. And like very young. How old was he? 49. Yeah. And every it, time like wife, kids, wife, the whole thing. Wife, kids, grandkids, like when that happens, you the perspective is always the same, right? Everybody says the same thing. You got to live each day like it's your last. But they only say that when that happens. And then two days later, they go back to the grind. You're not living each day as as if it's your last. And that's why the question that uh, Chris Goodman asked you when he said, if you had two years left to live, where would you live? And you were like, that's easy, Italy. Because that's for us, not for everyone, for us, where we feel the most alive because of what we talked about before with the assault on the senses and all the things. And we live a life of fulfillment. We live a life designed around everything, around family, around culture, around food, around conversation, around whatever, like just life. And we are not the grind it out for 17 hours a day, people save it all up to the end because look, you never know when the end is going to be. Then could be tomorrow. And you didn't get to live the life because you were too afraid that you'd lose your motivation. And I'm not, there's no knock to anyone that, and to any of those three people, or it's just not us. And that doesn't cross our mind because business is not our number one priority. Well, look, here's the thing with all three of them. Look, they're going to have more money than we will because business is, it it may or may not be true though, honestly, because I feel like when we get put into the inspiration of Italy, I think we are going to create some really incredible things and whether they're financially lucrative or not, they are going to fulfill our soul in a way that is better than a paycheck. Well, look, a lot of them are espousing a philosophy of saving it up for the end, right? The deferred life plan. Like I am going to defer my life. I'm going to defer my life now. I'm not going to live in Italy. I'm not going to do the thing that I want to do. I'm not going to, I'm a skier. I don't want to live in Colorado now. But I'm going to live in, you know, Hoboken, New Jersey, because that's where my business is. I hate it here. I'm not, no, not to Hoboken, but I hate it here. It's not my thing. Um, but I'm going to do this because at the end, I'm going to cash out with a big pile of money, right? And, and then I'm going to go live. But you know, that's not going to happen. What they're going to do is they're going to cash out and they're going to cash into something else and it's going to keep going it's because never that's stop. what they know. Because that's, they've built that muscle. Now, I'll, I'll leave you guys with this. One of my friends has, and I won't mention his name. I don't think he'd give a shit, but it's, but I think it's worth it to mention. He said, um, "I was diagnosed as an as an an hedonist, which is imagine a hedonist, and the opposite of a hedonist is an an hedonist. So, what is a hedonist? Right? Look it up. I don't know. I'm not Google, but basically, the impression you can look it up. The basically the impression I got." from uh, what a hedonist is, is somebody who steps into all of the pleasures of life. They're, they love they love sex, they love food. They, it's, pl- it's all about pleasure, okay? You got, a de- you got a definition in front of you of what a hedonist is? A person who believes that the pursuit of pleasure is the most important thing in life. Well, okay. that's you. Right, exactly. <laughs> so he said to me, he says, you're, you're a hedonist, okay? So when, you deal, when you're dealing with hedonic sort of psychology or you're dealing with hedonism, 
you know, the extreme example is like, you know, like Eve. I you only know. think of it in, in the term of sex though, for some reason, well, is it? It's but not, it's really it's, not. It's, it's, no, it's not. It's it's all the pleasures of life. A hedonist is someone who tries to maximize pleasure and minimize pain. Jordan Belfort, the Wolf of Wall Street, is the quintessential hedonist. Okay, so everything about Jordan was around, you know, pleasure. Well, that was about money and wealth and pleasure. That's a weird one. It's a weird example. But yeah, okay, so I got it. Okay, so when you think of Italy, right, and you think of La Dolce Vita, mm-hmm. well, what is it? It's the beautiful life. Well, mm-hmm. what is the beautiful life? No part of the beautiful life is work, right? The part of the beautiful life is the hedonic pleasures of people and art and wine and food and conversation. That's hedonist, right? That's, that's being, being a hedonist. My friend said when he was talking to somebody, they said, well, you're an anhedonist. This is the guy who said, I am specifically working in a place that gives me, I'm specifically living and working in a place that gives me little pleasure. Because if I go to a place that gives me a lot of pleasure, that I will have too much pleasure and I won't work on work. So there is one- Talk about a limiting belief. There's one step that's beneath this, which is, am I somebody that wants to go all in on pleasure in the way that a hedonist does, or which is the definition of a hedonist, or am I somebody that doesn't? Because- you know, somebody who's just- What if you just kind of vacillate in the middle? Well, there, Do you the, know what listen, I mean? Listen, this is the thing for life, right? It's not, it's not, you're not, you don't you're have not to a hedonist or, or an anhedonist. There are times when you're more hedonistic and there are times when you're anhedonistic. This is the thing I love about the Italians. They recognize that when they are in the moment and they're, you know, they're, they're like everything for them is domani, right? So, you know, today it's- just super helpful when you're trying to get a visa. Yeah, but today, today <laughs> it's like, we're going to have pizza and- pasta and we're going to have wine and we'll deal with that tomorrow. So in this moment, we're going to be hedonistic. But how great. So this is the thing for me. And again, we're all different and I'm not knocking anyone else's dreams or or, or journey or path because if I heard this 10 years ago, I'd probably be like, yeah, I don't, I don't understand. I can't relate. But when you're saving it all up for the end versus going in on the pleasures of life, I just feel like your inspiration is going to be drained. That's why what you do with the work hard, play hard experiences is so important because you're taking these entrepreneurs that live in places so they can grind it out and you're popping them into an assault on their senses. So it brings out that hedonistic vibe in them, which reignites the passion so they can go home and take their business to the next level. And that's the key they're not getting. And force them into uncertainty and, yes. and force them into variety, yes. which, which brings this whole thing full circle. See what see what came through here? See? You wanted to talk about this. I talked about sex, but the whole thing. So it all comes back to sex. It all comes back to sex. You're right. Yeah. I, you're right. This mm-hmm. is... This is, you You really got a thing with sex, don't yeah, you? Yeah. yeah. I'm going to add it to my checklist. If you are interested in living your dream life and you want to grab our free dream life course, well, kids, it's very easy. Text the word dream life to 310-388-9724 and grab our course. You can also do it by going to freedreamlifecourse.com. Free 
dreamlifecourse.com. Okay, that's it, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Adios. All right, thanks for listening. If you love this episode and you know someone that needs some help in either stepping up their work hard game or their play hard game, it would mean the world to me if you shared this podcast with them to help me get this movement out there. So if you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes, take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and I will be forever grateful. So until the next episode, excuses are over. It's time to live. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.